Morning, everyone. My name's Raymond. I'm sharing this morning on the subject of my T-shirt. If you look at my T-shirt, you'll see that it says, join the dark side, and there's a picture of Darth Vader on it. Darth Vader is so hard to buy birthday gifts for. He always knows what you've bought because he says, I can feel your presence. Jokes aside, we as Christians are sometimes in danger of thinking about the Holy Spirit like an impersonal force, like the force in the Star Wars movie. Almost like the Holy Spirit is the power by which God does what he does. Instead of thinking of him as a person, as a unique being with his own personhood and personality. So this morning, what we're going to do is we're going to look at four elements of the person of the Holy Spirit, and we're going to consider what those four elements mean to us as believers and how it impacts the way that we live our lives. The first point I'm going to deal with is that the Holy Spirit is sentient. Sentience means that you have the ability to think and to perceive, to feel things. The text I'm going to read from is from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 6 to 11. Yet among the mature we do impart wisdom, although it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age, who are doomed to pass away. But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But, as it is written, what now eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. And here's the part I'd like us to focus on. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person which is in him? So also, no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Think of what makes you, you. You are a triune being. You are mind, body, spirit. Imagine if one of those elements was missing. You would no longer be you. In fact, you'd be dead. So, although it's an imperfect comparison, the Holy Spirit is one of the triune elements of God. And it is the Holy Spirit who understands and conveys to us what the thoughts of God are. In Acts chapter 15, verses 28 to 29, we read, uh, For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay on you no greater burden than these requirements, that you abstain what has been sacrificed to idols and from blood and from what has been strangled and from sexual immorality. If you keep the, yourselves from these, you will do well. So we see from this text that the Holy Spirit collaborates with believers to make good decisions. Do you need wisdom in making a big call on your business, on your family, on your personal life? The Holy Spirit can help with that. Acts chapter 5 verse 32 says this, and we are witnesses to these things. And so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. We are a witness to these things, and so is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit 
is a person who witnesses things. In fact, he is a witness to everything about you, everything about me. In preparing for this um, preach, I had a bit of a block, and, and I was sitting and considering it and thinking about it, and I, and I put on a, a, some worship music, and I was, I was considering the greatness of God, and I was just completely overwhelmed, and I, I broke down and wept and, and wept. And I was thinking, what is happening to me? Why? Why am I reacting this way? And I think it was because I, I was carrying such a lot of stuff and God, through the Holy Spirit, just broke out in his kindness and his mercy and reminded me that not only is, a witness, is he a witness to the stuff that we do wrong, and he is, but he's, he's an encouragement and he's there to draw us back and to pour out the kindness and the love of God, to reveal to us what God is truly like. And that God is not standing with a stick waiting to hit us on the head, but he's standing cheering us on and encouraging us to accomplish great things in him. Finally, in Ephesians 4, we read, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. The Holy Spirit is a person who can feel grief when we sin. He can feel that the way that we're be being is not in keeping with what God has called us to be, and not in keeping with what God is like. He feels grief over that. It's not just that we've broken a rule. Think of, think of if you do something that hurts somebody you love. They feel pain. They feel grief over that. And that is how the Holy Spirit experiences how, how it is when we walk away from God, when we sin, when we give ourselves over to those things which are harmful to us and an affront to God. It's interesting that this text says that um, we are sealed by the Holy Spirit of God for the day of redemption. There are two elements to that. The first is that we're sealed almost like we're hermetically sealed. If you, if you think of, of food that you want to preserve, you put it in a sealed container to keep it safe, to keep it from corruption. So the Holy Spirit seals us and keeps us from the corruption of, of the world and the corruption of the environment in which we find ourselves. But there's more to it than that. A seal in ancient times was the impression of a family seal or, or a royal seal or an official seal, which would be placed in wax or clay as an indication of ownership. So we are sealed because the Holy Spirit has impressed on us what he's like, and the character of God, and declares to the world and to powers and principalities that we belong to God. The second element I'd like to deal with is that the Holy Spirit is volitional. That means that he exercises his will. I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by one Spirit, 
to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, and to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of those tongues. And all of these are empowered by the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. So the Holy Spirit decides which gifts we get for the greatest good of those around us. And the common good is for the common good of the church and also the cosmos, all of God's created order. In Acts chapter 20 we read, Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. So the Holy Spirit appoints leaders. He appoints people to different ministries. He appoints us to do what it is that he set us on earth to accomplish. He then empowers us to do that very thing. The third element I'd like to consider is that he is omniscient. Omniscient means that he knows everything, which is an attribute of God. It's an element of his deity. We read in Acts chapter 20, except, this is speaking to Paul, a recording of his ministry, of Paul's ministry, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and afflictions await me. Sometimes the Holy Spirit tells us that good stuff is coming, and sometimes he demonstrates that difficulty is coming. I think of the many prophecies about the time in which we find ourselves now, images of waves, images of difficult times, images of the outbreak of God, images of, of incredible revival. The Holy Spirit knows these things in advance and tells us in advance through his prophets, through, through words of knowledge, and through other methods, so that we're ready, and when it arrives, it doesn't arise by surprise. Fourth, and, and this is the last one I want to deal with, the Holy Spirit has a mission. This, the mission of the Holy Spirit is in his name, the Holy Spirit. His mission is to glorify God on earth by making us holy and empowering us to accomplish the purpose of God. In John 14, we read at verse 25, these things I have spoken to you while I'm still with you. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and, do, and bring to remembrance all that I have said to you. The Holy Spirit is the one who teaches us. The Holy Spirit is the one who gives us revelation of his word and of the purposes of God. Um, the word that has been translated as helper is parakletos. It means intercessor, consoler, advocate, comforter. An advocate is somebody who speaks on our behalf. The Holy Spirit helps us to pray when we don't know how to pray. Um, the idea of a helper is one that we find in the Old Testament. We find that... Um, Eve was given to Adam as a helper. The word there in the Hebrew is Azar. But Azar is also a term that is, is used to refer to God. Israel speaks of God as their Azar in the wilderness. Um, Paul, uh, sorry, not Paul, David, speaks of God as his helper when he is in trouble. See, a helper is, is not a diminutive thing. 
sometimes we think of helper as, oh, you know, someone who just does the stuff we don't want to do. No. Helper in the context of the Bible is somebody who assists us to accomplish what by ourselves we could never do. It even carries with it the, the concept of a savior, the one who saves us. So we're given the Holy Spirit as a helper, continuation of a thread from the Old Testament all the way into the New and beyond, that we have somebody who is going to be with us to help us to accomplish what we could never in the natural achieve on our own. Um, Bono from U2 said that religion is what's left when the Holy Spirit leaves the building. And I think there's some truth in that. See, we can do lots of churchy things, but without the Holy Spirit, it's empty and meaningless. The Holy Spirit is the executive arm of God. We read in Titus 3, verses 4 to 7, But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit renews us. We are at a time in our history where the world is clamoring for justice in the face of awful injustices. We see um, the consequence of generations of, of racial hatred and discrimination. We see how people are demanding fairness and equity and, the, and, and demanding legislative reform, which is really important. And it's so vital that these things are being discussed. But it does bring to mind the words of Helton Cheadle, who wrote, uh, who was very much responsible for writing most of the Labor Relations Act in South Africa, which has been hailed as one of the best pieces of legislation dealing with employer obligations and employee rights. And it's really good. It's brilliant. He was asked to look back at over two decades of, of how that legislation has been put into place. And he was asked, well, do you regard it as a success? And he said, after thinking about it for a while, you know, if there's one thing I've learned over the last 20 years, it's that you cannot legislate good intention. Because laws can change conduct. They can't change our hearts. But the Holy Spirit can do that. And I believe that that is exactly what the Holy Spirit is doing in these times. I think that the Holy Spirit is drawing those who've never known God for salvation. I think in this crisis, in the pandemic globally, as we see the economy crashing around the world, as we see people coming face to face with, with injustice and with unrighteousness that has been simmering below the surface for generations. The Holy Spirit can achieve in us and in the world what we simply cannot achieve by human means. And if, if there's anybody out there who is hearing this message and doesn't know God, I want to invite you to ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you, to draw you. I want, I want to ask the Holy Spirit to, to draw you, to open your eyes, and to give you a fresh understanding of who God is and His love and His holiness and His kindness to you. And if you've known God and you've wandered away, as many of us do, I believe the Holy Spirit is drawing many to return to Him, to come home. And, and I think this is a somber time in many respects. 
because really as the world is being shaken what is true and what is important and what is of eternal value remains and everything else will fall so I'd like um, maybe just to take a short prayer to give people the opportunity to do business with God as the Holy Spirit speaks to each of us let's pray Father I thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit I thank you Holy Spirit, for your work in our midst. I thank you that you draw those who've never known you to salvation. I thank you that you draw those who've wandered away and have found nothing to satisfy the deep longing for you that only you can satisfy. Pray, God, that you would be with us, that you would draw us near to you, and that you would accomplish your perfect will and purpose in each of us and in the world as it's shaken. In Jesus' name, amen.